Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Formatted to Fit Your Screen, the show where two people who have seen a movie have a conversation. I'm your host, Zach Tennant, and today I am joined by special guest Douglas Evans to discuss a film that we both saw when it was newly released in 2001, a film by the name of Rat Race, directed by Jerry Zucker. This is a film that we both loved when we were kids, and lo, these intervening 20 years, what with the war on terror and everything like that, we've never lost sight of our love of Rat Race and we get into that a bit throughout the course of this episode. Douglas, in addition to being a film critic, sophisticated viewer, and old dear friend of mine, is also a musician in his own right. He wears many hats, both figuratively and literally, in his music career. He records under names such as Juglas, such as Dr. Booty Quiver. His latest release under the Juglas moniker, The New Drake, is currently available for streaming on Spotify. You can follow some of his social medias. You can follow him on Instagram at Juglas the Rapper. You can follow his Twitch, which is Dr. underscore Booty Quiver. That's the word Dr. spelled out and Booty Quiver all one word. If you like this show, you can follow us at Formatted to Fit on Instagram and Twitter for updates about the show, previews, episode clips, stuff like that. Come back at the end of the episode and I'll let you know who's joining me next time for the first installment in our Shocktober series. We're getting into spooky season, so something to look forward to. All right, hopefully you enjoy the episode, Rat Race, with special guest Douglas Evans. We're here today talking with Douglas Evans, also known as Juglas, also known as Dr. Booty Quiver, and we're here today to talk about Rat Race from 2001, directed by Jerry Zucker, written by Andy Breckman. Doug, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks so much. That was a beautiful intro. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me here. This is awesome. I didn't even know you were doing this. It's yeah, it's a new uh it's a new thing for me. Um and yeah, it's basically we just vibe. We we watch a movie and then we just vibe for as long as humanly bearable. So that's what we're going to do now. I was just going to say this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh it would be up in probably my top 20. It's it's a very nostalgic, close to my heart movie. I saw in theaters with my brother, I think my brother, it's actually still his, he says it's his number one favorite movie. Uh, it's uh, its hilarious to me from the beginning to the end. I Although there's been like a following, I don't know if there's, I feel like it's still underrated in my opinion. I think it's definitely underrated for sure. I, um, I'm jealous that you saw this one in theaters. I saw this one... So like we're we're the same age. Did your parents take you to go see this in theaters, or did you see? Yeah, it? I was. It was pretty young. I would have been in like grade one when this came out. So I was pretty young, uh, and I went with my dad. Yeah, and my brother. I don't think my mom came with us. It was just the boys, the boys out to rat race, and Dylan absolutely loved it, and I liked it too. Uh, but Dylan, it's his favorite movie. My brother. <laughs> yeah, because like you've got it. You've got a cool dad, and I would never pretend that you didn't. I must have had cool parents, too, because, yeah, so this movie came out August 17th, 2001, so we just passed the 20th anniversary. This movie came out just under the wire before 9-11. They had to sneak in, like, a fun, goofy comedy just right before, and 9-11 is one of my, like, earliest memories, so Mm -hmm. seeing this movie, which I 
would have seen it in like the spring of 2002 because my parents rented it. I remember quite vividly we went to the video store on like a Friday night and we rented two movies. We rented one to watch as a family and then one for my parents to watch like after we went to bed or whatever. And then the next morning on like the Saturday morning before the videos were due back at the video store, my parents were like, oh, we watched this movie Rat Race. It was like so funny. You two should watch it. And me and my brother sat down. (laughs) And that was like the peak like movie watching experience when I was younger of having the like, it's like a bit adult or it's like a little bit, you know, not for kids, but like you're getting Mm -hmm. the sign off to watch it. And then. This movie, like right from the start with like the Afro whores and stuff like that, I'm just thinking of all the stuff (laughs) (laughs) that like for a young child is maybe like a little bit too much, but I turned out relatively fine, I think. So I have to give my parents a salute on that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. When I was younger, when I was watching this film, I went for the Afro whores, the Afro whores part. I thought that they were saying afro horse i think and i was just sort of confused as a kid i don't think i got that joke but as i got older yes i now get that joke and it's very funny (laughs) but no like you said yeah it's funny from the beginning to the end uh to me i like every scene there's not one scene that i I, like i don't like that scene every scene is hilarious to me uh and and the cast we haven't really talked about the all-star cast yet breckenmeyer seth green Whoopi goldberg Cuba Gooding Jr. Rowan Atkinson. Uh, John Cleese. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. It's just... And John Lovitz. Yeah. It's kind of a... Not a throwback, but it's sort of a... You know, in like filmmaking, there's certain premises that like... They're so golden that they just continue to be like rehashed decade after decade. Yeah. I would say this is... It's been a while since I've seen it, but I feel like it's reminiscent of Cannonball Run, maybe kind of. Yeah, Cannonball Run, I was thinking of a lot while watching this. Another one that I haven't yeah. seen yeah, in a very long time. And then yeah. one that I've never seen at all, but um, it's a mad, 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 mad world. From yeah, like, okay, that was, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. And I that's what I th- I wasn't sure about the premise of that, but I thought it was kind of like this too. With the, a ra- and we haven't really talked about the premise yet. It's, it's basically a race to get $2 million. John Cleese is a billionaire and he's put two million dollars in a locker in Silver City, New Mexico, and all these different people are picked at random through slot machines. They get a little token. Uh they get picked for this sort of a, an experiment in a way, uh, to go on this race to try to get this money. And it results in hilarity, in my opinion. Oh, another star we didn't mention, Amy Smart is in it. Uh but yeah, good good stuff from the beginning to the end. Uh who would you say is your favorite character in the film? That might be hard. That might be hard. <laughs> that that kind of is hard. And I feel like watching the movie, it's almost like every time you see it, you kind of like key into whatever character. Like they're all very funny. And it's exactly. easy to like choose one and kind of like root for that. Like you know how the movie ends and everything like that. But it's easy to sort of like glom mm-hmm. onto one character I feel yeah. like um, Whoopi Goldberg, very, very funny in this movie. The yeah. team up. So, yeah, John Lovitz is in this movie as a father with a wife and kids. 
and the wife is played by Kathy and Jimmy best mm-hmm. known to some people as Peggy from King of the Hill and her oh. her and John Lovitz together I think that they just like it's just like peanut butter and chocolate or something like that they have like such a they're good perfect. chemistry together and they're so funny yep. and they're kids it's funny that this was a movie we watched so much as kids and there's not like those are basically the only two kid characters in the movie and they're really unlikable. They're like, <laughs> you totally feel for John Lovitz being stuck with like his lousy kids and his like shitty They're family. basically there for like John Lovitz to push, push aside and like show that he is self-centered. That's the, the basic point of their plot line in my, in my opinion. But yeah, like you said, their, their chemistry, the, the the wife and husband dynamic there is, is so funny. John Lovitz is so good as a bad dad, you know, it's he's he's perfect. The, the things he said, like like uh when the, the two kids are bouncing on the bends and they smash into each other and fall down, John Lovitz says, Honey, kids need you and run, and goes to the Yeah <laughs> goes to the casino to gamble. Moments like that are, are just hilarious. That's the kind of that's the kind of classic bad dad comedy <laughs> and I, yeah, I think it's good yeah um what i was sort of getting at at the uh start there though was like this is in the lineage of yeah like cannonball run it's a mad 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 world these like grand big comedies that are like you know two hours long have a billion different stars in them whether they're necessarily known as like comedy stars or just big like marquee names of the day and then puts them in a big like grand you know around the world in 80 days kind of like circumstances and it's Mm -hmm. funny so yeah we've both seen the cannonball run we haven't seen it's a mad 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 world yeah I, i feel like this is a lineage of mostly shitty movies though like it's a it's a theme and it's like a recurring thing in hollywood but these are like mostly bloated comedies with kind of like over the hill desperate sweaty hammy comedians and this one kind of breaks that yeah oh yeah no, i th- I think it's the best one of the ones i've seen but i think mad 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 world is quite well renowned isn't it like i like i haven't seen it like you but i feel like it it has some prestige you know what i'm saying i uh, think it has some of but, that legacy prestige where like people who saw it 55 years ago still say nice things about it but like yeah, it's not one that holds up for rewatching for a lot of people is what I understand again having yeah. not seen it but and that's a weird one too because yeah. that director Stanley Kramer he mostly did like guess who's coming to dinner and like a bunch mm-hmm. of dramas about like racism and the holocaust and stuff like that and then he'd made this one extremely broad goofy comedy that was like three hours long <laughs> yeah yeah so it's, it's... it'd be interesting to see that one yeah I, I want to I've been wanting to watch it for a while. The only reason I know about Mad, 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 Mad World is because it's the AVGN or James Rolfe's favorite movie, and I'm a fan of him. And I saw one of his videos, and that's his favorite movie. So Is that I right? Like, oh. I was a big AVGN fan back in the day. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I still watch his videos. He's still uploading them. Uh, but, yeah, no, he was – I'd say it was better. Like, the earlier videos were funnier, but he's still sort of sticking to it relatively well anyway we're not talking about avgn uh we're, we're talking about rat race which again is one of my favorite movies probably top 20 top 30 
I'd say it's up there. It's hard to pick, you know. There's so many films. Of course. I love and, you know, and everyone has a whole bunch, I think, that they love, especially when you you get into movies like some people do, um, like I like to think myself does. But anyway, I'm totally You're a sophisticated viewer, right? <laughs> sure. No, not really. <laughs> not really at all. I like to pretend that I know stuff. And that I also do. I talk about movies on my Twitch stream as well. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to this movie, John Cleese, we haven't really talked about him that much. I love his character. (laughs) He's really funny in this. Yeah. I had never seen, I had never seen him in anything before this movie because this came out a few years before Shrek 2, which I think for people our (laughs) age probably kind of gave him a boost. Shrek 2. Kind of brought him back. But for for the cool millennials like you and I, it was this movie. And yeah, in this movie, he's playing a character named Donald Sinclair, which... A billionaire. Is a billionaire and a hotel magnate. And apparently, yeah. so, the television show Faulty Towers, which John Cleese did back in the 70s... I'm a big fan of that show. I've seen, I've seen the whole thing multiple yeah, times. Yeah, and so I... That was a show I had never seen, and just kind of um, by happenstance, I was watching it, because I think it's on YouTube, so I was watching a couple episodes of it just like last month, and I had never seen it before. So funny. Uh, Hilarious. Yeah, some of it, the jokes haven't aged well, but for the most part, it's it's pretty well-written comedy and pretty hilarious, I think, yeah. Very Uh, funny, and I, I guess the character... Basil Fawlty that he's playing on that show was based on a real life guy named Donald Sinclair. And then the character in this movie is actually named Donald Sinclair. So there's kind of a spiritual connectiveness between the two. Almost the spiritual successor. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah, so he is addicted to gambling. Him and all his like rich high roller friends, you know, it's about like the Mm -hmm. thrill of the... (laughs) excitement and the thrill of the gamble so they set up there's two million dollars in a locker and they're going to make all these people compete for it you asked me who my favorite was do you have a favorite of the characters or a funniest Uh, yeah well i thought about i'm gonna sort of cheat and pick three (laughs) okay that's fine it's it's a three-way tie for me john lovitz john cleese and um Ooh, Mr. Bean. Yeah, that's the three. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson uh, playing Enrico Pellini in this movie. It, yeah, he's so funny. It's a race. I want. I'm go. I hope I win. Yeah, it's just, it's brilliant. <laughs> he is. He is funny in this. And like, I didn't. Um, Mr. Bean. I feel like was a phenomenon in the mid to late '90s. So when we were like quite young, so we would have been like getting bean nostalgia like we weren't quite there for the first wave of it but we were definitely there to like see the videos in video stores and kind of like we lived in a post bean Mm -hmm. world growing up (laughs) i saw it on tv they would play the reruns and we'd actually rented some of the vhs's from the library i remember uh and the movie played on cbc a lot so i like the original movie not the beans holiday 
We're not talking about Bean's Holiday. <laughs> no, like the original one. Where... Bean the movie, I believe, with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, but that's what I remember from Mr. Bean. And Mr. Bean's cool, too, because it the limited amount of English, there's like no language, so you could just play it anywhere. That's kind of brilliant marketing, if you think about it. Because they were playing it on airplanes everywhere, all over the world. That's kind of something I find now living in Montreal that I have like a new appreciation for Just for Laughs gags. Yeah, that's another show like that that doesn't matter. (laughs) They're they're all talking French, but it doesn't matter. And you like walk around town and you'll see signs for stuff that's like, well, like free sandwiches. Like they almost seem like Simpsons gags or something like that. It's like this is much too good of a deal to be real. And you're like, oh, they're probably shooting yeah. a Just for Laughs gag right here. We're getting a little bit off topic, but I remember one of the, the my favorite, one of those Just for Laugh gags is they had like a prop spaceship come down and be like, oh no, oh shit, there's aliens or whatever. And a little chicken comes out wearing like a space suit. And I thought that was funny. It's a, the, the chicken is the alien. I don't know. I remember really liking that one. Anyway, that's pretty good. We're yeah. get, <laughs> I'm getting off topic. No, that's okay. That's what this show's for. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. Also, I swore. We can swear. Is that that's cool? Oh yeah, we can have we can have language. You can share right wing political okay. views. Anything is welcome okay. on here. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So this film was directed by Jerry Zucker, and actually, this is so Jerry Zucker came up in the film industry as part of the trio of. David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams writing and directing films like Airplane, The Naked Gun, Top Secret. A lot of films that are, I think for guys like us, pretty like big, like heavyweight classics. Yeah, I've seen, I think, all of those. Yeah. And then the trio went their separate ways. David Zucker, as we've already covered in an episode of this show, went on to direct films such as Basketball and An American Carol <laughs> with um oh, with like Roy Farley, one of the well like one of Chris Farley's brothers, one of his less famous. I watched Basketball. Um and then Jerry Zucker had an interesting career. He made Ghost with like Patrick Swayze oh, yeah. and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Director coming off of directing The Naked Gun, which is kind of interesting. And <laughs> then made some like medieval night movie with Sean Connery that just looks to me, to my taste, like the worst like <laughs> nightmare ever of a movie. And then looks made Rat Race. Boring. Yeah, and has more or less retired after this. But I feel like having watched this and watched Basketball like a couple months ago, I feel like Jerry Zucker might have been the real like directorial talent of this group. Because this movie, it's Mm. shot in widescreen, like two by 35 by one widescreen or whatever, like very wide. It's got a big grandness to it. There's lots of outdoor, like beautiful like southwestern and then also they shot some of this movie in the rockies as well in like calgary yeah i yeah i knew that they shot some in canada yeah and they have uh there's lots of like helicopter shots and stuff and like it looks good it's a well shot movie it's a big budget big star film it i would classify this as a road trip comedy i guess sort of but it's more than that it's the like you said the the race genre, sort of like Cannonball Run. It's really good. We haven't mentioned all the characters. Whoopi Goldberg and the her daughter team. And that's a good scene. I love that scene when they meet 
is really funny because there's the two uh, servers or what have you that are sort of crying over it <laughs> when they, they they're these long lost. I guess they they didn't. Uh, what am I trying to say? Whoopi Goldberg gave away her child when she was young, and now they're finally meeting after all this time. And these uh, servers are crying about it because it's you know it's it's so it's so endearing or whatever. But what really got them going is that they both ordered a mimosa. I, I always laugh at that part. Uh, they both order a mimosa, and that really that really gets them crying. But no, they're just they're dynamic. Is really good between Whoopi Goldberg and I'm not actually sure that actor's name who plays her daughter. Yeah, she she is, in. she is one of the few. Like a lot of the people in this movie have, they had good careers before this and went on to have good careers after, and then a couple of them, yeah, kind of faded into obscurity. One who, not to jump around way too much. Um, but the yeah. actor who plays the brother to Seth Green's character in this movie, yeah. Vince, Vince Vileff, I think is the name yeah. of this guy. I've seen him in like every once in a while something else, but he's not in much else, I don't think. Well, the IMDb trivia, I have like a, a checkered past with Vince Vileff. The IMDb trivia tells me that his agent tried to make some kind of power play and get him top billing in this movie, which like... For one thing, this is like an ensemble. It's, uh, you know, there's 12 leads in this movie or whatever, something like that. Exactly. He's easily one of the least famous at the time of this movie being made. But his agent tried to make some power play and get him top billing. And so consequently, his character doesn't appear on the posters or any of the promotional materials for this movie. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, and it, that's funny. Wow. It's it's such a big cast that they don't include him and no one notices. And so that kind of <laughs> goes against like yeah. the idea that he was going to be like the big star of it. But my <clears throat> big checkered past with this guy. So when we were younger, you know, I think you and I come from a similar place and things like that. I was just like obsessed with movies and just loved them. And mm-hmm. the video store, um, this would have been VHQ, in Churchill, right across the street from where we went to high school. Come up on this show a few times before, but they had, like, free movie poster day, where if you went and rented a movie, they would give you a free poster to go along with it. And I got to the video store at, like, 5.30 p.m., like, at the end of the day, when it's just, like, nothing good left or anything like that. And I got a poster for the film Grind... That I've still okay. never seen to this day. It's like a skateboarding <laughs> comedy. And yeah. it's got Vince Vileff and Adam Brody from the OC at the time. I guess he's gone on to do other stuff. But I had yeah. this poster for this movie that I had never seen on my wall with Vince Vileff, who <laughs> I guess his agent learned, like, smartened up because he was allowed to be on the poster for this one. <laughs> But then I also yeah. had a poster for the film. I don't know if you'll remember this one. I've Another one that I've still never seen, Mambo Italiano. Oh, I just know the song. Hey, Mambo, Mambo Italiano. That's, I, don't, I know it's a movie, too, but I've never seen the movie either. This is like a Canadian movie. I feel like it came out post My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and it was kind of like mm. riding the like crest of that. But it's about... But- a, 
Italian, my Italian, Canadian, Italian, Canadian guy trying to come to terms and tell his like extremely Italian family that he's gay. And there's like tension regarding that. And I had a poster for this movie on my wall when I was like 10 years old (laughs) and had never seen it and had like no clue. Um, But that was a little, little side tangent there. Uh, This movie starts with a ska song. What do you think of that, Doug? I love the score in this movie, and I love the opening sequence, even though you could maybe argue that it goes on too long, but I really like it. I like the fun, like, Photoshop, cardboard cutout sort of animation feel. Yeah, it's like a jib-jab, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of like a jib-jab. And, like, with the titles falling and moving and stuff. I like like that. And the other song is good. Mountain than the rat to the race. Is it? Is it that one? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's good. Uh, I, like I remember asking my parents. Rendition. I remember asking them who did the song because, like, when you're a kid and you hear a song in a movie, you assume it's like a classic a rock song. hit or something like but that. But it was made for the film, or it's by somebody or something like that. And I remember asking my parents, and they're like, "I think that's just like a random song. I've never heard that before in my life." But, like, I don't know, I'd put the Rat Race theme on, like, my Spotify. Maybe that's overstating it. Maybe I wouldn't do that. But I would, <laughs> I would listen to it sometimes when I'm not watching I don't want to get carried away and put it on my Spotify. But, like, it's, uh, it's, I acknowledge its existence. <laughs> it's good. No, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, and, yeah, the, the score itself is, yeah, very, like, a very, like, broad, funny, like, boom, 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 like, over-the-top mm-hmm. comedic score, which I feel like comedy movies don't have. Like, things I have become so score. ironic and detached nowadays that you don't have comedy for comedy's sake, where it's sort of, like, so intentionally silly and in-your-face like that. Yeah, just little musical cues that work for me in this. Like, when Breck and Myers all of a sudden realizing oh, I want to go for it, I want to get the key, and I want to go try to get the $2 million, there's a little, like, orchestral sort of sound, and it, it really goes with it. And li- that's throughout the movie, little moments, good cues. And, I, I, yeah, I think it works really well throughout. Um, I have very... I don't think I have anything <laughs> negative to say about this movie. I'm Golden review. It's pretty much perfect, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, I really love it. Cuba Gooding Jr. We haven't talked about Cuba Gooding yet. Uh, he, yeah, he's great. And I think this was something that came up on a previous episode of this show that I once read this article that was like, you know, great actors who shouldn't watch their own movies or something like that. Just like, you know, the kind of clickbait, like the stuff that just clogs the internet and is like, you know, not yeah. worth the like bandwidth it uses or whatever. But in like time, yeah. yeah, in like 2011, I read one of these articles and like all the actors who appeared on that list, they just kind of like have a place in my mind where I still think back to that article because Steve Buscemi was one of them. And they were saying mm. that like such a great actor and he appears in so many like shitty Happy Madison comedies and stuff like that. Cuba Gooding <laughs> Jr. I feel like is sort of the same thing that like. He won an Oscar for Jerry Maguire when we were yeah. in like diapers. I just watched that. I just watched that for the first time and reviewed it on my Twitch. Actually, it's okay. It's uh, all people right. People give him shit. 
People give him shit for getting an Oscar for it. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous that anyone gets an Oscar for anything. So I think that it's fine that he got that. I, I think his performance was fun. I think he he definitely was into the role. So I think it's fine that he got an Oscar for that. I, but yeah, he's I in he like Snow backlash. Dogs and shit. Yeah, he had backlash so, from it for like that he won an Academy Award and then went on to make shit like this and like Snow Dogs. There's even a movie... The the plot is that Cuba Gooding Jr. threw out his Oscar for Jerry Maguire, and the garbage man finds it. And the like the me the the plot is that the media is giving this garbage man attention for finding Cuba Gooding Jr.'s Oscar. And of course, Cuba Gooding Jr. is not in the film at all. Oh, <laughs> I see. That's he's funny. not attached to it. It was it. It's a kind of funny idea. It's a terrible movie. It's actually just called Garbage, <laughs> and it is kind of garbage. But uh. That's kind of like a Bowfinger-style plot, like making a movie about a movie star without the movie star it, cooperating. It it could have been a lot better. The only time, like, I really laughed hard was, like, a really stupid moment where they just said, I'm gonna take out the garbage in, a, in that kind of funny way, and that gave me a laugh just because it was so stupid. Like but, a zoom in on the face while they're saying it. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, it was just so dumb that it was funny but that was like the one laugh and other than that i'm like why did they make a movie about this but at the same time you're right it could have been good it could have been funny but they didn't utilize it anyway cuba gooding jr snow dogs (laughs) he's in snow dogs we're not talking about snow dogs snow dogs is a movie (laughs) well now that i now that it's come up i do have to jump in and say i i think i saw snow dogs in theaters but then I also have oh, a vivid my. recollection. <clears throat> this is like tragic childhood, but like I'm pretty sure my mom's sitting me and my brother down in front of like a display TV in like a Walmart or something like that to watch Snow Dogs while she went and shopped for like 45 minutes. As you do, that'll keep you entertained. <laughs> That's like old school parenting. <laughs> I feel like you're not allowed to do that anymore, but that was the good old days. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and he's playing um, a bonehead ref who made a bad call at a football game just prior to the events of the right. film. So he's kind of like a nationwide laughing stock. And he's being mm-hmm. recognized and he's kind of drinking away his troubles and stuff like that. He seems drunk yes. at the start of this movie. And then by the time he, he shows up. Is. By the time he shows up in the like executive boardroom or whatever, he seems to have snapped out of it. I kind of thought it would have yeah. been funnier if he was drunk the entire movie. Because he's, like, he's driving a bus later in this movie. He's doing a lot. I mean, it's true. It, they, there would have been a way to keep that off, but it would have been hard, especially when the part where he's like gets stripped of all his clothes, basically. Because unless he had like a flask or something, maybe. But I do agree. It would have been funnier him drunk all the way through. Uh, but... Yeah, again, we're not talking about snow dogs. We're talking about rat race, by the way. We we switched, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> but, it's a very yeah. loose, freeform show here. Yeah, rat race. It's the best movie ever made. Did you, <laughs> did you know, Doug, um, this film, Rat Race, from 2001, this was the first time that two Academy Award-winning black performers were in a movie together for Whoopi Goldberg and Cuba Whoopi Gooding Goldberg. Jr.? What did she win an Oscar for? I she forget. she won an Oscar for Ghost for Jerry Zucker. Oh, it was for Ghost. Okay. Eleven, 11 I just years watched before Ghost. this movie. 
I just watched it for the first time like a year ago. And I've, I've never seen it. Is it good? good? Is it romantic? It's quite, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. It was pretty cool. The pottery scene is what everyone talks about, but I don't know. It's just a cool story. There's other, there's other scenes that are cool. It's not just the pottery scene. There's other scenes. <laughs> but I, uh, no, I did like it. I may need to watch that one. I'd be, I would be kind of curious to see it, especially because Jerry Zucker has, between Rat Race and Top Secret and Ruthless People, you know, some of my favorite movies. <clears throat> and I'll encourage like, people, yeah. anyone listening. Um, so, yeah, Ghost came out in 1990, and then in 1991 is when Naked Gun 2.5 came out. And there is a very funny teaser trailer that's on the dvd for that but i'm sure you could look it up on youtube as well mm-hmm. uh teaser trailer for the naked gun two and a half where it's frank drebin and jane the priscilla presley character doing the scene from ghost and doing like the pottery together but they're yeah. like spinning the thing too fast and the clay starts like spinning everywhere and like getting on yeah. the walls and like Classic. it just gets out of control very very funny um certainly nothing to do with the film rat race but uh, yeah i've seen lots of parodies of the pottery scene from ghost like way before i saw ghost and uh, so that's all i knew going in and i was like well that scene was okay but it's a good it's actually just a really good movie um but yes we are talking about rat race and whoopi goldberg uh we talked about her a little bit and we still are now still but i'd it may, i'd have to mention it Theodore Rex. Have you seen Theodore Rex? With I haven't there? seen that one. Maybe really when I was younger. To. I haven't seen it either. But no, yeah, for people who don't know Theodore Rex, it's about Whoopi Goldberg and a dinosaur fighting crime together. And I don't know, it's it's apparently really bad, but I really want to see it. And it was at to- at the time, probably not anymore, but at the time it was the highest budget straight to VHS uh, movie ever made at the time. It was the highest budget. I forget what the budget was, but for a straight-to-DVD or VHS at the time release, it was Theodore Rex. Yeah, I really want to see it. And, like, some of the running gags in that movie are Theodore Rex hits stuff with his tail, and it falls over. And Theodore Rex, he loves cookies. That's, that's, those are the reoccurring gags. That, that, um, that's the caliber but, of humor we're dealing with in Theodore Rex. Yeah, exactly. But I haven't seen it. But I, yeah, I kind of want it just because it's funny that it exists. And Harold from Harold and Maude is in it, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, back to Rat Race. Um, Whoopi Goldberg this, is really funny in this movie. And I feel like I don't... Like, I feel like she was basically inescapable in, like, the 90s, like, the 80s, 90s into 2000s. So we were kind of, like, at the tail end of, like, whoopee fever. Yeah, Yeah, she was in Monkey Bone and this. Oh, God, (laughs) Monkey Bone with... uh, I like Monkey Bone. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser and um, Chris Kattan in that movie, too, right? And David Foley. I I really love that film. I just reviewed it on my uh, Twitch and... God damn! I gotta say, I, I think it's super like criminally underrated. There's there's some dumb shit in it, but it's fucking funny and it looks so cool. It's one of the coolest looking movies in my opinion, and it doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah, guy who directed that one did like a Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Like he yeah, has an interesting, yeah, an interesting career. Also did Cool World, cool, cool World with uh, Vanilla Ice. 
Or no, um, is that Vanilla Ice? No, I'm thinking I don't c- Cold as Ice. I'm thinking no, Cool World is that's the cartoon cool one, ice. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Cool as Ice. Is that's an amazing film, but uh, like amazingly bad, but entertaining as fuck. And also not Rat um, Race either. <laughs> and it's also not Rat Race, but like you said, it's okay to to jump around as we clearly are doing. We haven't really gone into Seth Green. He's yeah. a guy that's in this movie. Seth Green, I think when I was a kid watching this movie, because this was definitely one I saw just like a billion times. This was one we owned on DVD because my parents rented it probably on, well, it must have been on video when it first came out. And then a couple years later, when we moved into our new house, we got a DVD player. And then I think this was one mm-hmm. of the early DVDs we bought. And I remember yeah. my mom, I think Same. she bought she bought this DVD at Costco and then I was complaining that the DVD wasn't working and she drove all the way to Costco to return it. And I had like smudged peanut butter on it or something. Like it was like so <laughs> she like went all the way to Costco and then the guy like took it out of the case and looked at it and it had like jam on it or something like that. And that's like why it wasn't playing. And then my mom was like very disappointed with me afterwards. <laughs> that's understandable. But yeah, that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but that's. Um, uh, but- and that was the copy that I watched, too. I was recently home uh, in Saskatoon a couple months ago, and I wanted to bring some of my DVD and Blu-ray collection back with me because I've got a pretty substantial one like back home in storage. And what I ended up doing, I bought like a CD binder that holds, mm-hmm. I think, like 128 discs or something like that. And I just took all the discs out of the cases and filled that thing up and took it with me as a space saver. And I was, when we agreed to do this episode, flipping through the binder, being like, oh my God, I really hope that I packed Rat Race. Because it would be like <laughs> $5 to rent it on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. Like, not the end of the world, yeah. but I'm like, God, I really it hope I packed it. Prime. Yeah. And then I, it, like, at the very, very back, it was right there with, like the, like, the movies that were, like, really on the fence that I'm like, well, I still have room. I guess I'll pack... like you know nutty professor Two, the clumps like (laughs) when i'm like you get it it's like oh i still have room i guess i'll pack this one i did have rat race so even i wiped the peanut butter off the disc and it worked just fine for me (laughs) there you go yeah seth green though watching this a billion times as a kid i think that i thought seth green was so cool and i would have seen this one (laughs) before i saw the austin powers movies because i think my parents sort of thought that austin powers was like too naughty i think the like the sexuality in those movies was too much yeah because i know you saw those ones my parents like i was definitely having to sneak austin powers like i was watching those on like space channel and like on tv or i was like renting them from the library like my parents didn't want me watching the austin powers when did uh yeah, when did Austin Powers 2 come out, though? Because I know the first one's the 90s. But then, because if, the, if Rat Race was 2001. The first one's wondering. 97, the second one's yeah. 99, and the third oh, one's 2002. Gotcha. So this oh, was... Okay, that gotcha. Yeah, so this was Seth Green right before Goldmember. Right, at, and kind of after the second Austin Powers. I get you. And I suppose he yeah, would no, have been cool. he would have been on Buffy the Vampire Slayer at this time. I didn't really watch right. that show, but I guess he's I've seen kind it. of a big character. I've seen that show. Yeah. He he is. He is uh like on at least one season or more. I think more than one a little more than one season. 
and he's like a main character. He's even in the opening credit sequence, so you know, you know at that point, like, oh, they're they're a character now, they're in the show. Uh, but I think he's a werewolf in Buffy. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, as I remember, I watched the whole show like from the beginning to the end one time, uh, and I was like, it's pretty good. But then you know, I don't think I'm ever gonna watch it again. But it's not bad uh, at all. I'd say. Worth seeing once. That's kind of how I feel about Degrassi. I might go back and rewatch Degrassi, Degrassi. but I think watching so like thir- it, thirteen though. seasons of it once was Th- enough that's for the me. Thing. There's so much of it, and the, the, there's the next generation, and there's the like. It, it just is how how far you want to go with Degrassi. There's so much of it. Uh, but anyway, back to Rat Race. There's only so many Did kids ta- you can have get shot. That's the problem with Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the main problem with the grassy. Uh but yeah, we we touched on every actor, Breckenmeyer and, and and Amy Smart. We didn't talk about them that much. Breckenmeyer I kind of don't care for in this. I kind of don't care for him in anything he does. It's not it's not that he's <laughs> I bad think he's in fine. this. He's, he's not fine. my favorite, but he he's fine. Yeah. Uh and I think he plays the character that he's playing fine. I like Amy Smart more than I like him, though. She's Amy fun. Smart like, is she's, better, yeah. Like, she's really funny. And I do think they actually do have good chemistry because they they've been in other movies together, too. I forget what the name of the one I'm thinking of, but it's like a college comedy. Yeah, there. they did Road Trip the year before this one. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. That's the one, yes. Uh, but, yeah, Amy Smart's good. Well, for the scene where she's driving she's piloting the helicopter with Breckenmeyer in it. and she's like, Oh, I'm just going to drop over and see my boyfriend. And she realizes he's cheating on her and she goes sort of crazy, but it's really funny. Just some of the noises that she makes are really funny. Like eh! and stuff like that. And throw, throwing stuff down on the truck. And well, uh, and she's, she's I, trying I really to like crush his thing. like vehicle and Breckenmeyer. Yeah. Like, You're going to kill him. She's like, you can't kill him. He's like a cockroach. That's a very funny yeah. line. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it's this movie is filled with funny lines from the beginning to the end. And if you've never seen it before, you don't really like you. It's you wouldn't be able to guess what the next scene is. Typically, I would think, because uh, it's there's, it's a road trip. So the, you know they go. Everyone's on their own trip, and there's different obstacles, different things going on. The squirrel thing. We should talk about the squirrel thing because that's one of the best scenes. In yeah, my opinion. Kathy it's in Bates the in this movie. Kathy Bates as the squirrel lady. Um, was trying to sell the mother-daughter team with uh, Whoopi Goldberg, a squirrel. Um, but they just want directions, and I don't really want to spoil it, but let's just say they should have bought a squirrel. They should have bought uh, a squirrel. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a fun scene, and they have all these squirrels, like, wearing clothes and stuff, and it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of cute. I don't know. I like that scene. But uh, like, we, like I said, from the beginning to the end, it's it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, I think it starts out... One thing that I was finding on this watch, and it was something that came up with um, when I had Luke Panic on and we were talking about basketball, that, like, there's certain comedies that you've seen the first, like, 30 minutes of a million times, and then you sort of, like fall asleep, pass out, like these sort of like late night comedies that you like kind of put on. And then like the second half sort of falls apart a little bit or gets a little bit cloudy. I was finding a bit of that watching this movie because like 
It starts oh, off like hard and fast and funny and like a joke every couple of seconds. And then sort of about the 75% mark through the film, there's a lot of like long, not action sequences, but like there's Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter setting the land speed record. There's a monster oh, truck like sequence with Seth Green. Like they're good, but it definitely, it I think it's still funny. Like, like small comic moments to like large orchestrated set pieces. The land speed part gives me one of my favorite laughs actually though because when they're in the the fat the rocket car they're going really fast and they show the bullet that uh i forget who like shot the, the starting bullet, gun bullet yeah. Going, go yeah the starting gun and it's going right next to it and uh whoopi goldberg lets out a, oh and it, uh, that line gets me every time cause i know exactly like, what so, you're talking about and it is yeah. so perfect the other like amazing because yeah whoopi goldberg so funny in this and funny in just like little understated moments, like little just like subtle yeah. moments of brilliance. There's totally. a, the, at the start of the movie. So there's a there's a who let the dogs out sequence in this film, which really dates it <laughs> yeah. kind of perfectly. I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> when the race, when the rat race really starts. So it's a rat race, but it's who let the dogs out. They play <laughs> yeah, as they're like in the initial like sequence where they're all fleeing the casino hotel and like starting to get on the road. They're playing Who Let the Dogs Out. But Whoopi yeah. Goldberg, they're all like running down a stairwell. And Whoopi Goldberg just does perfect like sort of like middle-aged woman. And she's like <laughs> her like I'm, I'm trying to say it in not a crude way. She's doing like. I'm trying to run, but not make my breasts jiggle too much. Like she's like, uh, 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 and kind of yeah. like str- struggling to like fast walk down the stairs. Yeah. Like, just like perfect physical comedy from her. Just like t- perfection in this movie. I would absolutely agree with that. No, yeah. Little, just little mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson in this movie playing Enrico Pellini, the Italian Another thing I read on IMDb trivia, this character was originally supposed to be a Chinese diplomat, which I feel like would have aged worse. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially if Rowan Atkinson was playing them. <laughs> if it was, if it was <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, it'd be like a nightmare. I assume it would probably be, would have been frowned upon then even, yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they had gone that direction, though, it might have been like Jackie Chan or something like that. Like, I feel like he... Yeah. would not be out of place in a cast like this. No, I think that it would have, yeah. But yeah, like you said, it might have aged poorly. But um, yeah, the Enrico Pellini character, Rowan Atkinson is, so he's really not doing like Mr. Bean type stuff. He's no, kind of, he's doing a little bit of Kramer from Seinfeld, I found. But then he's also kind of doing mm. proto-Borat because he's wearing a gray suit He's kind of like an immigrant with an accent who has sort of like funny social cues and stuff like that. That really seemed yeah. like sort of a run up to like a pre-Borat kind of thing in this movie. Because even like on the TV show, 2001 would have been like pretty fresh for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you talk about how he's... Uh, oh, you talked about how he's like Kramer from Seinfeld. And he has a lot of interactions with an actor from Seinfeld, Newman. I forget his actor's name, but Newman from Seinfeld, uh, he hits Mr. Bean with his van and they end up going together and traveling together. And and one of my favorite bits is uh, with their exchange is at the beginning of 
of that scene sort of when they're in they just started the drive they're in the car together and they have that song playing shang 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 but mr bean's just going r-e-s-p-e-s-p yeah tell me what it means to me and finally newman's like just turns it off because it doesn't make any sense that he's singing the wrong words to a completely different song but uh it's very funny and i don't think i caught that like the first viewing of it but because i was very young but that's, yeah, that's no, one that's, that grows on you yeah yeah exactly and you're like okay that's actually really funny it's a completely different song um and I, oh i said there was nothing that i had wrong with this movie there's like a, a very minor things but um there's like certain things that are cartoonish that work in this movie that i like there's one part that is a little too unrealistic for me and it has to do with Enrico Pellini uh, Mr. Bean's character in this, uh, Rowan Atkinson man man of many names but it's the part when he's jumping onto the train Mm -hmm. uh, to escape from Newman Um, but he he, I've watched this scene a lot of times I've rewound it a few times he's jumping onto like the in between of the two cars I don't get how he got on the train because the next scene they show with him, he's on the train, just like a normal passenger, just assaulting a I, toddler like a regular guy. Yeah, on the and then train. there's that scene, but and you know, it's I don't know. I think it's kind of funny still, but uh, no, the the main problem I have is it doesn't make sense. He wouldn't have been able to get on that train. I don't think it would have worked. The the science doesn't doesn't make sense to me. But other than that, that's, that's the where one, that's literally I thought you. about this before. That was the one thing that I don't have a pro- that I have a problem with, but it's yeah. a very minor nitpick. Yeah, um, very funny. One actor in this movie who we haven't touched on, who I feel like we should give a little bit of time to, uh, Dave Thomas in this movie from SCTV, oh, yes. <laughs> playing a character. How does how does John Cleese introduce him? Born without a personality, I think, is the description. Yeah, he that's gives a, him. That's what he says, and it's fun. Unfortunately, born without a personality. Yeah, it's funny, uh, and. He helps Donald Sinclair and all these other billionaires or whatever, multi-millionaires, whatever they're supposed to be, do all these crazy bets. They have one where he's there's have this giant box of chocolates, and he, uh, Dave Thomas picks one of them, and the, then clearly all these guys are betting on what kind of chocolate it's going to be. And he says, coconut. And like, who had coconut? This guy had coconut. Um and he but, has a yeah, he had, like an escort call girl yeah, up to his hotel <laughs> suite, w- yes, and he propositions the, her with everything that he wants to do to her, which includes like a hot tub naked, full of Pepto Bismol and like shaving his naked, ass or something like a that. A jacuzzi, a jacuzzi full of Pepto Bismol. They both be wearing sailor hats, and uh, yeah, shave buttocks, and he clip her toenails. That and. They, the, that was basically they're just trying to say how much it costs, and I think she ends up saying three thousand dollars. And then that's a funny scene because they have all the these rich businessmen or whatever come out of the curtains, and they were all hiding. Like, okay, who had who had three thousand dollars? Oh, you were the closest. Okay, here we go. And it's just sort of a funny moment with the this shall we say escort who <laughs> who's just in shock. Like, what's going on? Like, this is this is crazy. All these guys are just hiding waiting for the bet but no it's a funny scene and as uh, the movie goes on the like high roller characters you get like a greater idea of their like compulsion for gambling because they're in vegas insane. for most yeah. of the movie and then at the end they fly on a like private flight to silver city new mexico to like oversee the end of this rat race 
and on yeah. the plane they're like paying the pilot to like do intentional turbulence to see who will throw up first and they're betting on that it really like gives you an idea yeah. of the debauchery of like these rich people and what you know what it takes like a thrill for these people absolutely they just go above and beyond and they they have so many different occasions of this of showing these ridiculous bets and another one is they have all these maids hanging from curtain rods and they're betting which one will fall first or something like that uh so it's just and you know it's probably not that far off in some of these cases but it it's obviously you know it feels a little bit like uh like satire but it's not really that far off so maybe it's not but um no, it's 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 just really funny though. Uh, all those scenes are pretty good, and yeah, John Cleese is is excellent. Well, one of his favorite lines is <laughs> of of mine anyway. This is I'm eccentric. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of like <laughs> mine too. It, it, that just lives with me. That line, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It catches me off guard, but it's still funny every time. And honestly. I'm beginning to run out of things to say about Rat Race, but... That's okay. We're getting into the wrap-up phase here. I've got a couple more things here. I really love it. Yeah, go ahead then. So, yeah, this movie came out August 17th, 2001, so a month before The Towers fell. Um, This movie, I was looking at boxofficemojo.com, and I was getting some intel about when this movie came out. So the weekend that it opened, it opened against, I think, like, Captain Corelli's Mandolin with uh, Nicolas Cage. I don't even know what that is. Oh, I didn't know. I haven't seen some Nicolas Cage movie. Um, He's in so many films. But it opened against that, but it came out, let me see here. It came out the week after Osmosis Jones and American Pie 2. Ooh. And then it came out the week before... um, two directors who have been on the show before John Carpenter's ghosts of Mars and Kevin Smith's Jay and silent Bob strike back. And the IMDb trivia came in clutch for this one because do you read trivia when you watch movies, Doug, like go on IMDb and check the trivia. Sometimes like also like watch reviews of movies on YouTube and that kind of thing. I do look into movies, maybe not in that exact way, but yeah, I look up stuff for sure. I'm like an IMDb trivia hound and like so something like Rat Race that I've been watching like basically since it was new. I've been reading the trivia section of these movies, you know, since 2005 and like every time I watch it I like go mm-hmm. back and reread anyways and stuff like that. It was a great thing that I did it for Rat Race because there was a new piece of trivia on there that would have been new since the last time I watched this movie because this was from December of last year. Apparently on one of Kevin Smith's podcasts in like December 2020, he was reading a letter from 20 years earlier that was from the producer James Jacks because the guy who produced Rat Race, also he produced a lot of movies throughout his career, one of which being Mall Rats for Kevin Smith. And Love that one. And in 2000, he wrote Kevin Smith a letter saying... If you find this script funny, if you find it doable or something like that, we would like you and Jason Mewes to play the Dwayne and Blaine characters, the Seth Green and Vince Vuloff oh. brother <laughs> characters, which kind of makes sense because Vince Vuloff has a tongue piercing in this movie, so he can't 
speak intelligibly and that's kind of he's like a one-note character yeah but you can you can often understand what he's saying though and when you it's necessary to the plot obviously seth green makes sure that you know what he's saying uh but but yeah that could have been that could have been jay and silent bob those characters very very odd but yeah i see what you mean like it it doesn't make too little sense like it's possible well you got anything else well this movie i think it opened up in its opening weekend at third place behind these are a couple real heavy hitters here behind american pie 2 in first place and then rush hour 2 in second place (laughs) doesn't that just make you want to go back a little bit yeah honestly rush hour the series i think the first one's the only one worth it in my opinion I've never uh, seen any but, of them. I think it was too. Oh, I was like, the I was first like not excellent. a kid who liked action movies. Like anything where people had guns, I was kind of not. Well, it's into really it. funny though. Yeah, that's fa- I get that. That's fair. But no, the first one's actually like a really fun, good film. And then the second one's it's more of the same. Third one's more of the same. You know, it's just rehatching basically. And I I've heard rumors of a fourth one so oh my god but i'm done i don't we don't need more rush hour in my opinion but you were saying about imdb earlier and the one thing i don't like about imdb is that they don't give you or they used to but they don't anymore i'm pretty sure they don't give you the budget of the film or the box office return i think you have to like sign up or something Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's the truth. No, there's there's IMDb fact. Pro now where, yeah, they have kind of some of the yeah. information sort of hidden away. And they also used to have right. message boards. Like, I definitely spent a lot of time not necessarily posting, but reading the IMDb message boards circa, like, whatever, yeah. 2006 through yeah, 2014. They got rid of that? Did... Yeah, they don't They don't have message boards at all anymore. I think it was, like... Yeah, I remember my dad saying something about that. I was like, that's pretty stupid. That's, like, one of the best parts about IMDb, he said. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense that they do it, but it makes sense that you'd be mad about it. I mean... It was one of the best parts, but I think it was maybe, like... I feel like we were getting into, like whatever that thing was where all the like celebrity nudes leaked i feel like it was getting into like an era of like social media bullying of celebrities and stuff like that and that might have been why the message boards shut down because they would have them for movies but they would also have them just for performers so there'd be like a section on every actor's page where there's just like people talking like extreme shit about them and like probably saying some like libelous stuff not entirely uh-huh, sure if but, that's why they got rid of them, but I guess yeah, I, wonder. I guess now there's there, there's letterboxed and they still have reviews, but it's it's not the same. Yeah, and I'm sure there's certain like subreddits and, and stuff like that. I don't there's, have time for no... that, Doug. Like, we <laughs> that's fair. I don't blame you. I mean, I don't. I'd never go on Reddit, so that's that's fair. Um, I thought i was gonna say something but i don't think i actually have anything to say <laughs> i basically i've basically exhausted my rat race commentary at this point i think uh do you have any closing thoughts on it oh yeah one thing i was gonna say because we we're still talking about imdb though um wikipedia often though will have the the budget in the box office of the film not always but quite often so i usually go to wikipedia for stuff like when i'm looking up stuff as i'm reviewing a film on twitch i will go to wikipedia first and if there's no Wikipedia page, I'll just go from the heart. But uh, yeah, no, exactly. We're done with the rat race. I think it's, it was, 
It's a great film, in my opinion. Uh, do we do ratings on this show, or you don't? You want to leave it open ended, probably. I do ratings on my show, but you can. Yeah, we can do a rating. We can. What would you? How would you rate it? I would give it very high. Not. I would give it like <laughs> nine. Very nine, high out of nine, five. Or? Nine point five out of ten, like that kind of. Yeah, for very high. Uh, I love it. This is a. I'm maybe a little biased because this is like a childhood deep to my soul film that I've watched so many times because it always cheers me up. It always makes me laugh whenever I'm, well, not every time, but a lot of the times. There's about three movies that I would use for this. This one, Mystery Men and Starship Troopers, I would watch when I'm sick. Also Spaceballs so far. But I would watch those when I'm sick, and so I have deep connection to these films. Um, So 9.5 out of 10. Do you rate it? I would rate it. Well, I'm going to go, so this is the only mode that I really have where, like, there's Rotten Tomatoes scores and, like, everything else. The I Rotten always, Tomatoes is bullshit for this. Well, I, like I, can't, I can't do Rotten Tomatoes. I can't. And everything is fresh now. Everything gets, like, a 95% now if but it's the, just, like, half decent. But what I do like about Rotten Tomatoes is that they also have the audience. So you look at the audience, and sometimes the audience is right. And the critics are wrong. And sometimes I feel the critics are right and the audience is wrong. But usually the audience is more right. I saw The Green Knight recently and I looked that one up on Rotten Tomatoes. And I feel like it's that like one 50. had like a, the like a serious like split. Yeah. And yeah, was it, I think the audience score was low, but the critics really yeah. liked it. And oh, I, I read some of the hate comments just from regular people on Facebook. And boy, a lot of people really hated it. But I am kind of interested. I want to see that movie. I haven't seen it yet. I've it's, it's been uh, highly it's, marketed. It's it's a good looking, very boring movie, and it's just great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gray the entire time. So it's just that's like, what people say. It's too boring. So I wonder if I'll find it boring. But oh, I do just, like cool I was looking like, stuff. Fa- I was like falling asleep in the, but like in the way that uh, you fall asleep during a movie, where it's like you're in like a weird like in between phase, where you're just like going like feral, sitting in a movie theater seat. Plus, I like haven't been going yeah. to movies for a year and a half, so I'm still like yeah. I'm getting the bends from not looking at my cell phone every five minutes, and like that makes it weird enough to begin with. But now, Green Knight. Yeah. If uh, if anyone enjoyed Green Knight, write into the show. Um, I forget what our email address is, but write in for that. Um, you have cool. a. So, do you want to tell us a bit about your Twitch, Doug, and a bit about your uh, what it is you do in your music career and what you've got sure. going on? Sure, I can do that. So, yeah, I am Doctor Booty Quiver or Juggless. Those are my two different personas. I'm a rapper, and I make music. Both are comedic in style. I would say. Uh, and yeah, I have a Twitch account. It's doctor underscore booty quiver, all lowercase, all one word. And yes, it's the full word doctor, not the abbreviation. So doctor underscore booty quiver on Twitch, all lowercase. That's me. And I stream like once a week, not like once a week. I stream once a week for sure. Unless I say I have something else going on, but I usually make it known. Uh, and it's not a regular day right now. I'm just sort of juggling it with my work schedule so if you follow me on instagram or uh so there's dr booty quiver all one word on instagram and there's also juggless the rapper on instagram if you follow those you you can keep in keep track i'll i'll notify you when i stream next um you have a TikTok, which is very, very I also funny. Have a, oh, you like my TikTok? Yeah, I love thank your TikTok. 
You one of the very few people who do, so thank you very much. Uh yeah, I have a TikTok. It's Juggless Jevons. I don't know. I should have made a Dr. Booty Quiver like everything else, but I was just I had Juggless on the mind, my rap persona. So I, I went with that. Juggless Jevons, if you're wondering how that's spelled. J U G L E S S J E V A N S. And it's the reason that it's that is because it rhymes with my real name, Douglas Evans. Juggless Jevons. Uh but yeah, I just did it's my third most recent TikTok on there. I did a TikTok that I'm actually kind of proud of on it. Uh, I'm wearing a spider costume, and it's to the song, the Reba theme, where it's like, I'm a survivor, but at the, I say I am a spider because I'm dressed as a spider, and I'm like doing all the stuff that they they do in the, those, uh, the other trending TikToks where they're like wiping the floor or whatever and like a cheesy sitcom waving at the camera. But I'm wearing a spider costume, and there's that. But yeah, that's my TikTok. I've been talking way too long about this. I'll shut up. I'm on no, the internet. Fantastic. Thanks for ha- thanks it- for having me, Tannen. I appreciate it. This was fun. I I can always talk about Rat Race. It is like I said, one of my up there, probably top thirty films, because of the deep childhood connection, uh, and I think it still holds up. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. Any closing remarks? Well, I'll just say thank you for coming on. Real quickly, I'll say my favorite TikTok of yours is, and help me if I'm remembering this correctly, that when yeah. Joe Biden was announced as the winner of the <laughs> American election, you did one of you getting drunk off like chocolates with liqueur in them. Yeah, and those were like pretty old too. Those were like from a Christmas or two ago. Like a previous Christmas, that. yeah. Yeah, uh, so I was like, what if I just tap them open and try to drink the the fluid within? And and I wondered, will it, will it get me a little bit drunk? And I honestly, I did feel a mild buzz. Like, I wasn't wasted or anything, but I, I, did, I swear I felt like a little something. And you're I just like, kind of threw away drunk, the chocolate. Because yeah. I did, I was like, I don't even want this chocolate anymore. Like, uh, it was too gross, but... um. No, that was a, that was a fun one. Thank you for for recognizing that one. I remember it. Yeah, and yeah. you remembered correctly. That that one's great. And um, your latest album, if it's the latest one, the new Drake is that yeah, it your is. most it recent? Very yeah, good. I was rap, I was re-listening to that one last night. Wow. It's on Spotify. If anyone wants to listen yeah. to it, all major platforms. I think yeah, Google Play and all that shiz. It should be. I think it's even on Napster. Napster is still a thing. If you that's incredible. Talk about two thousand one. Um, yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, it's on there. Thanks for plugging my stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The new course. Drake. I'm I'm really proud of that album. It's probably my favorite rap. Uh, project that i've put out so far uh it's called the new drake i thought it was funny because i don't think my stuff sounds anything like drake uh but i thought it'd be funny to sort of do a parody of that meme so the cover is the classic meme where where drake's sort of looking disgusted in in one frame and he's looking really pleased in the other frame uh I i sort of do a parody of that but yeah thank you for mentioning that it is in fact on spotify the new drake yeah, I think, yeah, I think my two favorite tracks. So there's Mumble Rap Song, which is very oh, funny. Yeah, yeah that's and a then, parody of Mumble Rap. We're basically just saying gibberish the whole way through. <laughs> and then the one after that, is it Juggy Time, I think, is the next track? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure of the order, but I believe you. Uh, well, I, th- is that, I think that's sure. the title. Yeah, but like a very like old yep. school, kind of like 90s 
style yeah. production and then you're kind of doing like like mellow gold like midnight vultures beck i want to say like you're doing a very Ooh, beck type thing on it yeah that's a huge compliment that's my favorite beck album i appreciate it yeah of course <laughs> um yeah and yeah so definitely check out uh the new drake but yeah doug thanks Thank for coming you. on thanks for talking about rat race and uh you're maybe welcome, we'll have you on the show again sometime and we can talk about yeah space balls or uh koyana scotsy or uh, yeah, maybe you could, and you could come on my show maybe huh? oh yeah Twitch, i'd love that yeah days. absolutely yeah that'd be cool uh absolutely thanks so much have a good one take care everybody on the internet yep. stay, stay safe stay, stay safe school. everyone out there keep your stick on the ice good. that's right keep your stick on the ice take care all right see you right. thanks doug 100 percent action 100 percent suspense 100 percent stallone first blood next my thanks once again to douglas for coming on the show and a reminder if you enjoyed him on the program you can currently stream his latest musical release which is the new drake by juglas you can find it on spotify and you'll recognize the album cover from the meme please come back in two weeks when i will be joined by the executive director of floor 13 films writer producer director sophie coquette to discuss a film that's not sexist even in the slightest, uh, 1980's The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. This is a big film, big director. We're covering, and we're having a woman back on the show. I figure every 10 episodes or so, maybe we'll try and do that. You know, I, I'm trying to keep these things fair. Um, but no, I'm really looking forward to this one, and we're getting into Shocktober, so hopefully we'll uh, spook you a little bit on this upcoming one. Very much looking forward to that. Until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time when me and Sophie discuss 1980's The Shining. Thanks for listening.